and we're back with another episode of the MDM Podcast. I'm Joe Morales, or my co-host, Trevor Markowski. Trevor, how you doing? I'm doing good, you know, watching all these games. I'm doing really good. How about you? Yeah, say, same with me. It's one whole one day from, from 1 in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night right now, and it's still going on as we do this. Um, yeah. like our first day back of watching games around the clock, or yesterday was, but today is our first day coming on here and talking about it. And uh, it's it's the most fun I've had in a couple months. I have to be honest with you. Just watching games all day. It was nothing. Not a, every moment of it was exciting for me. Not nothing. Nothing comes close to it. Yeah, and uh, it's it's great to have a full slate of games back. And then we can come on here and talk about it. We can come on here. We're going to talk about baseball, football, basketball, hockey. So all four sports in one show because everything's going on at once, and that feels great. But um, we're going to start with the bizarre Mets story. And the Mets fell to the Braves 4-0, but I almost feel it was overshadowed. So we'll start with the game first. And the Mets lost 4-0. And Trevor, before we address the ineptitude of the New York Mets organization, let's address the ineptitude that happened on the field in sunny Atlanta, Georgia last night, or uh, this afternoon. The name of the game was, yet again, not getting the big hits when the opportunity presented itself. 1-15 for with runners in scoring position, and 13 guys left on base, Trevor. I I mean, you know... We saw a couple times we had the bases loaded. They grinded into double plays. I mean, it's just really, you know, unacceptable to go one for 15. And and the pitching has not been that good either. I, you know, haven't even held their end of the bargain. And it just, it's just not, they're just not playing well right now. And, you know, they talk about Cano. Uh, he's not playing well right now. Nobody's really playing well. Alonzo's really in a, a slump right now. And, you know, this Mets team, they better turn it around quickly or else they'll be out. The playoffs. Yeah, and Pete Alonso today goes 0 for 5 with three strike strikeouts. Luis Rojas, it's time to give this guy a day off. I mean, enough, enough's enough. He's he's constantly striking out, never gets a big hit. Sophomore slump, Trevor. This guy needs a day off. He does need a day off. And they compare the, the two teams together. If you combine the Mets and the Braves with runners in scoring position, they were 2 for 23 today. Oh yeah, the Braves get off to a horrendous start too, but they 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 fixed their ship. And you know what? You talk about a Met killer. You know who kills the Mets? It's Marcelo Osuna guy. Every time he's up, he's hitting a big home run. And and I'll let you go, Trevor. But hold on, there's a home run today. Forget who hit it. it was probably Osuna because he's always hitting home runs. But Dom Smith jumps up to to take it away, and Dom Smith misses on a ball that he probably should have robbed. And he's sitting there laughing about it. Him and him and Nimmo get together. They're they're laughing like like they're on top of the world. Trevor, they're losing for nothing. They're laughing. I I think it's inexcusable. And the Mets got to Kyle White. They got they got a couple walks on. They got the bases loaded. They just could not cross a run. And they did get ten hits in the game and out hit the Atlanta. I think Luis Rojas, in my opinion, I think right now he's overmatched for the job. And the team's not playing what a compound to. And have to do the management. I think it comes down to. Yeah, I want to get back to you saying they they're overmatched because the pitching today was was okay. Now David Peterson, although we gave up three runs, was okay. Struck out eight guys. But this New York Mets team, ten games of the season, down to three and seven. And we talked about this when we were doing preview shows. You cannot start two and ten, three and seven, four and twelve. You can't get off to these rough starts because sixty game season, you're not going to recover. You're not, and compared to the cost time Bibles the Yankees that we'll touch on later, they're seven and one. It's a big difference, right? And it, the Mets, they've been known to get off to fast starts, and then it doesn't mean anything. Well, this time when the start means something, they get off slow. So it just goes to show you that you have sixty games. You have to be 
show up every day. Right, and they out hit the Braves today. They out hit the Braves yesterday, and I don't was it yesterday the game. Yeah, it was yesterday or the day even the day before that. I think they out hit him three days in a row. You out hit the Braves three days in a row. You can't do that. And now, and and, and that's just unbelievable. I mean, Friday night's game that was the worst. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. Well, you, you blow a six-run lead. It's not, and believe it or not, that's not the first time they've blown a six-run lead this year, which is pretty impressive for ten games. You know, they, 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 two times they've blown a six-run lead. It's, it's I mean, embarrassing. This is really bad. I, I, I think right now, if you're a Mets fan, I think you know, you're looking for answers right now. You're looking for somebody to get a spark. Yeah, well, you know who's not that spark, Trevor. You want a Cespedes. You want a Cespedes. And you said it. Luis Rojas is overmatched for the job. Ten games into the season, Trevor. Luis Rojas, welcome to the big leagues. Yoannis Cespedes has not shown up the games anymore. And it's just bizarre. He, he, so he opts out of the remainder of the season, and he doesn't tell anyone he's opting out. He doesn't show up to SunTrust Park. And when the team tries to get in touch with him, he doesn't answer. They, they sent security to his hotel room, and it was empty. And... He's on his way back to New York or wherever wherever he's going, a vacation or retire or whatever. He was gone. And uh, Brody Van Wagenen said it's because of COVID. But but Mike Puma from the Post made it sound like he's upset with playing time. So instant reaction from you. And then I'm going to get to something I think is controversial. But, um, yeah, off the bat, what are you thinking? Well, I think that he's done with the Mets. I, will, I wouldn't sign him. Obviously. What he did with his team, I think, was terrible. And it shows you that he would not risk it. To, to win a World Series because he doesn't think the Mets can. And what does that say to the manager and the players that your own teammate thinks you're not good enough to stay around? And it's not a team-first player. And in my opinion, Cespedes, he should be banned from the major leagues from what he did. Oh, my I, God. Banned from the major leagues? Oh, God. Can, all right. Let me, let me, I don't want you to yell at me, but, you know, your first instinct is, what a tool! He just leave, leaves his team when and when they're on a cold streak. You know, you, you just leave. It looks it looks horrible. But you have to remember, Trevor, his contract is all incentive based, and most of his money comes from his at bats. And th- this fits the Mets perfectly. Would it surprise you if they were intentionally benching Cespedes just to save a pretty penny? And you know the answer is yes. If he's close to his at bat mark, he's getting benched. And you and I both know how the cheap the Mets are. Do you think that I, I do you think this played any sort of role in this? Because I do. I, I blame the Mets to some degree. I I I don't know. I think it just could be managerial decisions when he doesn't play. I don't know if it was on purpose, but even if it was, and you know that he wasn't getting the playing time, there's still no reason to just leave and just not say anything, and you know don't know where you are. There's still no excuse to just right. I'm I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm just saying, I think there was some collusion within the Mets organization to not play him enough so he doesn't reach his at bark, uh, at bat milestone, whatever the number would be. Because this is two times now where he's been benched, and especially one time when we were doing a show last Thursday, they benched him against a lefty, which me and you both agreed on the air. Why against a lefty? And yeah, I know we struggled a little bit. I don't know if it was sabotage. I'm not going to say it was. I'm not going to say it was. I'm going to leave it in a, a gray area and let, let let your own opinion determine what actually happened. We'll probably never know what happened. Right, but without Joanna Cespedes, you're sitting here two and eight right now because opening day, no one got anything else done. And yes, it's such a Mets thing to bench a guy just to not pay him. No, I'm not saying that's the whole story, 
but me, in my imaginary world, I think it plays some factor. I, I think it does too, and I think, you know, eventually, I think that might be better off with ancestors. Gives yeah. the young guys a shot. Gives well, Dom Smith a shot. Well, that's what I was going to bring up next, and who gets that bats now at the DH spot? It's going to be Dom Smith, J.D. J.D. Davis, Davis, who J. looks J. awful in left field. I mean, tick for tack, who are you going to take in left field, Dom Smith or J.D. Davis? But uh, how about this? How about Andres Jimenez who's swinging the bat really well? You know, he, he's, he's come up to the big leagues, been used as a defensive substitution. But he comes in today, he gets a big hit. No, nah, we shouldn't say a big hit. He comes in, he gets a hit. And uh, he's looking really good. He's hitting close to 400 on the year. How about giving him some playing time? Maybe. You got Billy Hamilton coming, too. Okay, that, I want to talk about that trade, too, right? Right after we finish Cespedes, I want to talk about that trade. That could help. I think if I'm the Mets, I blow the whole thing up. I'm saying we're going to rebuild. But I don't think you're doing it. I don't think you're doing that this year. You're not going to get a lot of takers, or you're not going to trade away guys no, for what they should be. The, I'm talking about in the offseason. You blow the whole thing up. You, you, what you do is you're in the middle of a contender. I even think next winter, if I was the Mets and the season goes a long way, I trade the Glom. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of blowing this whole thing up. This team's really talented, Trevor. You don't, you don't, you don't like OBP, but this team's centered on OBP and they look great. Well, you know. Again, stats can say one thing, but when I see bases loaded, that oh yeah, no, and he, I agree with you. But eventually, eventually, they're gonna say, well, you know, they have a talented team, they underperform. Well, how many years we're gonna go on and on and say that? And we're just gonna say every year that's the case. I think you know maybe some of these teams are overrated. No, I I, com- I completely agree with you. And you're right. Stats don't show everything. You know, when you're not when you're going, what was it, one for fifteen with runners in scoring position? Yeah, it's not it's not looking good. But I think the team's just way too talented to blow it up. And you know what? When Stevie Cohen comes in with his money, let's give him a chance to work his magic. See if he wants to blow it up. You know, with you a know, new I, ownership I, group coming in, I don't know if I want to blow it up right away. I think if new ownership comes in, I think Rojas is out. Oh, yeah. He wants to make his own mark. But, you know, this also goes back to this past offseason. I'm not saying it plays that much of a factor, but most Met fans wanted a real manager coming in here. Joe Girardi, Buck Showalter, Joe Madden. These are all guys that Mets fans wanted, but instead they go with the young, inexperienced manager who's never managed the big league level. Yeah, and, and it's costing him right now, in my opinion. And, you know, right now, if you're in a mess, I think you're in a mess right now. I don't think – I think you need to hold, blow the whole thing up. You need to get your prospects. You need to get something in return. I, I, I just don't see the real reason why to have Cano and some of these other guys on the team to make you on a, on a fringe contender, I think. Blow the whole thing up and see what happens in a couple years. Well, I'm not blowing it up. I'm, I'm, I, if I'm the Mets, I'm definitely in panic mode right now. Three and seven in a sixty game season. I am in total panic mode. You gotta, someone's gotta click the right button here. And it's, of course, it's typical Mets where you have this drama come in in the middle of the season. Of course, when the season's going nowhere, you have the, you have the Cespedes drama, and it's such a bizarre way to end this this contract. Isn't that with the injuries and now this? What a bizarre contract. I, I agree. Now, tomorrow, when there's losing streak, you do have, if you wanted to ever a pitcher to get you out of losing streak, you do have Wrong. to go on take the ground tomorrow. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think tomorrow's a must win. Would you agree? Again, against Soroka, that should be a good pitching matchup. But tomorrow's a must win. I would, I would think so, too. I, I don't think the Mets win tomorrow. I think the Braves get like a 1-2-1 one, one win. Well, let's see. Tomorrow they play Atlanta. Then they go to Washington, all right? They, they didn't change that part of the schedule. so they're No, going- I think that's – Washington's better than them, too. Right now, Washington's better than them. I want to see – well, you know, Washington hasn't played in a while, right? Wait, wait, yeah. Well, yeah, they haven't played. Was there, yeah, their schedule was canceled. I mean, moves around, right? 
They've been moved around, yeah. Yeah, so they haven't played in a couple of days. So maybe you get the Nationals on a cold streak. You got them for two games, and then you're home against the Marlins, who are who are only played three games. So there's still time to turn the season around. Don't quit yet. But I'm in panic mode right now. Three and seven in a sixty game season. I I would be in too. I'm very much panic mode. I mean, you know, you got to start winning some games. Yeah, and the uh, Rockets look like they're up by one right now. Yeah, it looks like right now with twenty eight point five. It's actually a tie game. I don't know if you're ahead of me. You, you're, I'm, I'm way behind. I'm on the computer. That's why. Now it's 115-114 with 28 seconds to go. Let me put that game on real quick while we do this. All right, so let's go over to the Yankees, Trevor. And, uh, yeah, wait, so anything else you want to add on the Mets? No, all I would say is I think tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be a real good game. Yeah, tomorrow, new- yeah, tomorrow's a good game. It's a must-win, though. Absolutely must-win. All right, so uh, let's go over to the Yankees as I adjust my notes, who swept the Red Sox this weekend. They also win 9-7 to tonight. And uh, Paxton looked awful for the second straight game. Velocity's down, all, and uh, uh, I don't pay attention to um, velocity that much. But, I, you know, the ESPN announcers went on and on about it, so that's something worth noting. And uh, what do you think about pa- Paxton tonight? Well, I would say this. I think going about two more starts, and if he's not playing well or pitching well by the fourth or fifth start, I make a bold move and move him to the bullpen. You got you got to figure something out here. And I saw something about Clark Schrinn on my phone a few minutes ago. I don't know if, that, if that's related. I, I, I would do. I would. What I would do is I would either I would move past into the bullpen or either put Low I Seager or Schmidt in that starting rotation. Yeah, and you can't you can't constantly go one, two, three innings with your number two starter. And I think I hope this is just a cold streak. But there's talks about him being hurt right now. Uh, his velocity's down. I'm I'm worried. I'd be lying to if I, I wasn't worried about Paxton. I would say this. I don't know what it is. Again, I'm not a doctor. I, I wouldn't know what was Me going too. on. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a doctor. Or I would say it's just based on what I've seen. You know, what I've seen something is off. Yeah. And, and I don't know what it it's is. It's been I'm off. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to speculate what it is, but something's off. Yeah, and he's got to get himself going. You, you can't have, like I said, you can't go two, three innings or change packs every time. Well, just, just what we had today. Uh, Otani is going to get an MRI in his arm, and he did yeah, well, not. That the, he's that, pitch well in his two starts, not pitch well in summer camp, so maybe it's the same thing. Yeah, that's, well, that guy's a disaster. If I were the Angels, if I were the Angels, I would make him a full time DH. Enough, yes, enough with the pitching experiment. He's a great hitter, but he hasn't figured it out at the major league level when it comes to pitching yet. No, maybe that's the same thing that's going on with Paxton. Paxton's a little different. He's not a hitter. He's not a two way player. Well, no, I'm talking about the arm. I'm talking about. Well, he, well, he's had you know problems in his career staying healthy. I feel bad for Paxton. And you no, know, if we can go ahead, I'm not not bringing him back next year. No, I wouldn't bring him back. We got you. Got to see money for Lemayhew and Tanaka. So mm-hmm. I don't see him, how you bring him back. All right. Also in this game, Aaron Hicks watched two fly balls drop behind him on the warning track, and uh, Miguel Andahar made a couple errors in the field. And now, I said this on the previous show that I I was worried about Andahar and left, and we watched him botch his routine ground ball in the field today, and a run scored, and Bogarts was able to turn a routine single into a triple. So, before we get to the positive here, Trevor, that was a negative, and I'm still worried about Andahar and left. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned right now, too. I would think that's the only position right now because, you know, there's no real spot on the team for him right now. He's not. And, you know, I what I would do is, you know, the issue could all be solved if Stanton could play the field. I think Stanton could play the field, but, but I'm, I'm right now, Andahar's not hitting on that well. Like he's not 
He's not tearing the ball. Well, to be, well, to be fair, he hasn't had that many at-bats. Right, but he's not tearing the ball off the cover enough to where I think he deserves playing time. I, I'd go with Mike Talkman and Brett Gardner over him right now. Just because the, the, the defense is a, is a big turnoff for me. Yes, I think they could trade him in the offseason. Yeah, I'm kind of for that if you get the right deal. Because there's, yeah. there's, no, there's no spot for him here. I like Talkman. Like I said, I like Talkman and Gardner over him. Now it depends what happens. Is Urshela keep hitting? That's a big right. part of it. And we'll, and then I think this we can transition over Urshela now because we were skeptical if he could repeat last year and keep his job. Oh, I I I'm I'm done. I stopped wondering. He's got that job, and Endahar's an afterthought now. Yeah, I think right now Urshela has that job. I think he's proven to him, proven that it wasn't a fluke right now. Again, so we'll see what happens as the season goes on. But right now. He has a firm grip on the job. Yeah, and right now he's swinging the bat like, and the, and the ball's coming in like a beach ball. He, he's tearing the ball. Uh, tearing. Something changed in his swing maturity because he's pulling the ball in that, pull, pulling the ball in the foul. Yeah, it's creating more power. And six home runs, I think that leads the league. It does. Two home runs today, five straight. He he's locked in, and, that, and that's an understatement. He's just on fire right now. And here's another stat for you. In the first eight games, the judge or Stan has hit a home run. If that that's a Yankees fan's dream, that's what the fans envisioned when they signed. That Stan. is what, yeah, that's what the Yankees envisioned when they acquired Stanton. These two guys tearing it up together. And I, it's so exciting when these guys are all healthy and they're all hitting together. It looks like a complete team. I'm, I get so excited when I see these two guys hitting the ball 110 miles an hour. And and what about <laughs> tonight's game, Aaron Boone? When he when he stole the base with Talkman, yep. what a what a move that was! That that was the game right there. Yeah, I was gonna get to that because then you get Lemayhew up and Lemayhew brings in the run. What a clutch hitter Lemayhew! Couple of two out hits today, runners in scoring position, he gets the job done. I mean Lemayhew, everybody's gonna forget those couple little singles, but he that's why Judge got the opportunities because of Lemayhew. Yeah, anytime so. Lemayhew's up with two outs, and A Rod uh, alluded to it on the show every time. Uh, LeMahieu's up with two outs. He gets the hit, and Judge comes up. And you saw it again today, where LeMahieu brought in uh, Talkman after Boone rightfully saw sent him the second to take the bag. And then Judge, you know, hits his second home run, traveled three uh four hundred and sixty four feet off the bat for Judge. What a monster! This guy, you know, we've always said he's got MVP potential, but you know, he's got the injuries, and you know, that's gonna hold him back. Nope. And nope. Good this time. Year. This looks like this could be the year that, you know, we saw with the 59 home runs, 52 home run season in 2017. This could be the year that we see, you know, holy cow, we could see numbers being put up that, you know, would be really good. Yeah, and uh, who is that? I can't tell. I can't tell the names from the jerseys anymore. But uh, missed a three. Is that a three-point foul? No, it's going the other way now. Yeah, yeah Rockets ball. One, this game's over. I got 1.3 seconds to yep. go. Yeah, this game's over. Uh, I don't know who that was. I can't read the name of the jerseys now. Oh, but uh, missed the three pointer. Yeah, what, what did I say? I said Rockets plus four and a half. That's the best bet. And then it looks like he's gonna have you got it. Yeah, you got it. Rockets plus four. Unless I do something here on huh? 1.3. Okay, let's get back to this, Trevor. We can't do play by play right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, Yankees seven and one right now. Uh, every other team in this division, you know, Red Sox, the Rays, the Blue Jays, everyone that we thought were. Uh, competing with the Yankees for first place under 500 right now. I think the only team that's over 500 is actually Baltimore. Baltimore, two, but they're two games back. 
well, in a 60-game season, two games is like, wow, ooh, that's a lot. Yeah, but they're, they're not going to do anything. I'm, I'm worried about the Rays right now. They can't hit right now. I am worried about the Rays. You know, Baltimore, you never know when they can catch a little fire. They just swept, you know, we'll see what happens. Hey, Baltimore's got a good team. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say that. Baltimore doesn't have a good team. They have a couple good pieces. You can't pitch, yeah. but they have a couple good pieces. But, um, no, wanna, go ahead. Get a little lucky, and then the next thing you know. Yeah. No, well, the top two teams make the playoffs. So, you know, once you get in, anything can happen. Anything could happen, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's go. Uh, uh, anything else you want to add on the Yankees? No, it's just that they're playing really well. And tomorrow, uh, Cole on the mound. So, another chance to extend that streak with them. And we're going to see the Phillies tomorrow. Yankees going in 7-1, and and they're getting the Phillies, who just had a week off. So, uh, good news there. They'll probably get a couple wins over there. Let's go over to the Brooklyn Nets, who uh, win a nail-biter against Washington by a score of 118-110. to and it was a seesaw affair, but it was a crucial win. What it did was move the Nets' magic number down to four. And Washington now has to go three and three to get within four games for that uh, playing game. And Trevor, that's not going to happen. No, I think the Nets are pretty safe now. And now it's all about, I think, if they secure that, we're going to have to play in a playing game. The question is going to become now, what seeding do you have to play? Because it looks like right now, if you're the seven which the Magic are, mm-hmm. you could looks like you get to play the Raptors. Yeah, and I if I don't the think they get past the Raptors, by the way. I mean, I don't get they eight, I don't think they get past by the Magic, by the way. Go ahead. If they're the eight, they're gonna play the Bucks. So you play two tough teams, no matter who you play. Right, they're getting swept out either way. I don't think they even get a game, but uh, yeah, it's, it's the it's getting in now, and it it was about to happen. Washington's without John Wall, Bradley Beal, uh, Burton's whatever his name is, and like I said before, they're gonna have trouble winning basketball games. They won, and that's the next. And I don't think they played that well today. And still won. No, they didn't. But you know what? Levert scored uh, thirty-four. Haver scored twenty-seven and went six and four from behind the arch. And Allen scored twenty-two and had fifteen rebounds. You need yeah. these guys need to do that a lot more often and put the teams on their back. Yeah, I think even if they do that, I think on the best day, I don't think they will even win the game against the top teams. No, they're not. And who are they playing next? Oh, let me get my schedule. They're playing. Oh, they're playing the Bucks next at one thirty on the fourth. Yeah, that, that's a blowout. As we look could, could be a preview of the one eight uh, matchup in the East. Yes, and then you got the day after that against the the Celtics. Not going to happen. The Kings. That it's maybe, but no. Well, so, the, King, the Kings got housed today by the Magic. Yes. So and the Nets. Lost to the Magic too, but not that by that much. And if you want, to, we touched on that net game. Net started off great and they ended great, but they played no defense in the middle. Just to get back to that mm. other game. No, they got away with it today because they played a bad team. Yes, and then Clippers. You say they're going to win that game because the Clippers are on a back to back. It's not going to happen. And they get the the Magic again. If they get the Magic again and they beat them this time, because we said they go one and one against the Magic, I think they might get a win there, and then they're not going to be Portland. But Portland played pretty well today. Kept the game close. Yeah, they play. Oh, it's a tough. The uphill battle, yeah, the no question about it. Yeah, and they're not gonna. They, oh, listen, they're not gonna do much, Trevor. You know that. No. All right, let's get over to the hockey and the Rangers. It's playoff hockey time. The Rangers lost to the Hurricanes three to two. They fall to one zero in the in the five game series, and it wasn't a lot of good for the Rangers. And the story of the game for both teams was the power play. The Rangers went zero and seven when they had the man advantage. It's unacceptable. The Hurricanes play a quick and fast penalty kill. And you have to move the uh, the puck quickly. They'll press on you, so you have to move the puck. And the Rangers also made seven penalties of their own. So Trevor, if you just want to add on or uh, or uh, agree with me there, but that's that was that was key to the game for the Rangers. Zero seven on the pa- on the power play. 
and and it it, it it was and you know that that when they went up three one Carolina, I was a real backbreaker right there because the Rangers were keeping themselves in the game. And then when they went up three one, that was the real backbreaker. They did get a shorthanded goal late. There. Yeah, that was that was a garbage time goal though. It was it was good that it was shorthanded. And by then I had the game off. When it got to five minutes, I turned the game off, so I didn't even see the goal. I think it was a stall goal, but I had it off. But the only difference is the hurricane the Hurricanes scored on the power play. They were one for seven on the power play, and the yeah, Rangers. Good. That was the difference in the end. I don't think both teams really played that well. Just they didn't. So no. The game. But the Rangers lost by one, and we should look at that. They go one and seven on the on the power play. Yeah. And uh, we have to give Henrik Lundqvist credit. You know, he's at 38 years old. He, he got 37 shots against him and only gave up three goals. That's something the defense needs to figure out. He can't be giving up clutch. 37 shots in a game to a 38-year-old goalie. Comes in the clutch. Yeah, and then hopefully Igor Shesterkin's back on uh, tomorrow. There's still questions about him. And uh, yeah, Henrik was standing on his head, and, and they couldn't convert on seven, uh, seven of those power plays. It was just unacceptable. And for both teams, all-around sloppy game. It was. Yeah. Uh, so the Rangers up 1-0 in the series, in the five-game series. The Islanders also won. Pajot scored. Uh, Beauvillier also scored. And then great defense and goaling, Trevor. And you know, Trevor, for the Islanders, they're going to keep winning games 1-0, 2-1, 3-1. Whatever works, works for the Islanders. Yeah, they, whatever works. And it was a 2-1 victory yesterday, and that was good enough to get a 1-0 in the series. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be the story of the Islanders, winning these these one nothing games, two to one, low scoring and uh, good defense for them. Yeah, uh, Rangers and Island, Rangers in action tomorrow at noon. Islanders back Tuesday at noon, and uh, so the Rangers not looking too good. I have to watch them tomorrow. But let's get to other, some other things, Trevor. CJ Moulty's opting out, and now you're without your two best players, which Jamal Adams going to Seattle. Yeah, and CJ Mosley out too, and this is going to be a tough. Uh... Tough season for the Jets, in my opinion. Yeah, but luckily the Jets have some depth at the linebacker position. And my guess would be a healthy Avery Williamson takes a spot. I, I could see that. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. I think the Jets, they're going to be a battle of training camp for those spots, I would think. Yeah. You know, when McDougal coming in for Jamal Adams, it's going to be a battle, I would think. Yeah, you, you have a couple options. Like Neville Hewitt, James Burgess, Patrick Onswar. There's other options, you know. They so the they're not. It's actually one of the positions where they have a lot of depth, and I don't want to say it's a good thing, but it's it's the position you wanted to lose because you have all this depth here. Yeah, and I think that I think the Jets will let a couple people battle it out during training camp, and they'll decide from there. Yeah. So um, that's what we got the New York stuff. Trevor, did you have any um other things from the sports world you wanted to touch on? The one thing is the Avalanche Blues game. What a game that was. Oh yeah. That. Zero zero point one. That what a goal! Were you, were you? It was a good game. Were you excited for that? I was excited for that. That was the best game I saw the whole day. All right. One thing I want to touch on: the Chicago Cubs, my my sleeper team in the National League, and now in first place, the only team over five hundred in the division. I don't get that they're garbage win games. But uh, there's one thing. So the Chicago Cubs right now seven and two, but their bullpen, Trevor, is atrocious. Craig Kimbrell can't even be named their closer anymore. The rotation's really old. So seven and two, their record is very, very misleading. Yeah, their offense, I think, has really carried that seven and two record. Yeah. And uh yeah, that's what me and Trevor got. Anything else anything else you want to add? No, I would just say, yeah, you know, you better be prepared, you know, down here getting that hurricane that's coming through. Yeah, on the East Coast, yep. Um, but yeah, I'm Joe Morales. You can get me on Twitter at Joe Morales underscore. That is Trevor Markowski. This has been the MDM podcast.